baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Not exactly. John Hines in for Jason to Russia. Jason will be back come Monday at News Talk 830 WCCO. Looking to go to the movies? A lot of people between now and through the holiday season will be doing that. It's a good time for movies of all sorts. I don't know if there's any considered blockbusters coming out. That's not for me to judge. I guess it's, it's up for you to decide at the uh, box office. But somebody who knows a bit about the movies that are coming, Joe Botton from the MinnesotaMovieMan.com, talking about some of these flicks. He joins me to run down some of them already opened, some yet to come, some that we should uh, maybe just skip altogether, and some that are must-see. Hey, good afternoon, Joe. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Oh, good to have a chance to chat with you. I, a lot of questions about movies. A couple of them have, have come by already. And I, they're not high on my list. How about Candy Cane Lane from Eddie Murphy? It seemed like he must have owed somebody a favor to make Candy Cane Lane. Is that one that you happened to see? I did, I did see that one, and I think you're right about uh, passing by uh, that that particular street. It's not one that was uh, uh, very high on my list either. But And I love Eddie Murphy, but uh, that one you can really skip over. There's, there are better blocks to visit this year. Okay. Hey, one that just opened recently um, was Wonka, and it's getting a lot of, of, of good praise and such. Give me your thoughts on Wonka with uh, Timothy Chalamet. You know, I really, uh, I was surprised. I liked it. You know, I, I'm, I really had grew up with, you know, the Gene Wilder, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, so I wasn't sure how Timothy Chalamet would do with this, but, you know, it's really a lot of fun. It's really family-friendly. It's a musical, which I wasn't really aware of going in, but it's it's a lot of uh, fun, family-friendly music, and if you're going to take the family and invest in that money and going to the theaters this season, I think this is the one to take the take the kids to. Yeah, and it sounds like you know they're they're staying with the uh, original story. Was there much derivation? No, not really. You know, I mean, it's really only uh, you know Willie that we kind of get to know before he uh, gets his factory, and you know maybe there's an oompa loompa or two. You know, I don't want to spoil too much to it, but. You may get an Oompa Loompa song uh, there, here and there, and maybe a, a few a few songs, little hints of the songs that come in to the uh, later movie. But um, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna see hints of the the Wonka that we that we'll get in the Gene Wilder version. But uh, it's a very uh, original story here that that, uh, that they have working working for us. You know, I, I, I saw something interesting just recently because Keegan-Michael Key has a part in this where he plays a, a cop on the streets in what is supposed to be London, um, but he's like the only one in the film that doesn't have a British accent. Right. There's, you know, it's sort of like a vaguely European city, so everyone kind of comes with their own accent to it. But, you know, he has a really fun part as a cop who really likes chocolate, and he gets uh, a lot uh, bigger throughout the movie the more chocolate he eats. So that's, that's a lot of fun. He has a good role. 
Well, that happens with all of us as we go through yeah, that. Right, definitely. Yeah, yeah. On the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline this afternoon, talking with Joe Botton, who from the uh, MinnesotaMovieMan.com, about some of these movies opening up. And, and how can we count on some of these being around through Christmas Day, or will they just disappear by that time in some cases? So I think there's a lot of uh, good ones that are going to be staying around, but then there's also some that are kind of coming down, uh, you know, the, the candy cane lane, if you will, um, over the next uh, week or so that I think that people are going to want to check out because there's, there's some really good titles that are on their way, too. All right. Well, tell me about um, Maestro. That's the uh, Bradley Cooper production uh, starring as Leonard Bernstein. Um, and there was starting out before the movie even was released with some discussion about it because of the prosthetic nose. But uh, the family of uh, the late Maestro said, no, that's the way he looked. They, they, he played that right. But more so away from that little bit of a controversy. Tell me about the movie. You know, that movie, it's really um, exceptional. Uh, I, it's one of the, the best movies I've seen all year. And, you know, I know it's going to be available on Netflix on December 20th, but I would really encourage you to hold out and see it in the theater just so you could hear that wonderful Leonard Bernstein music in the theater with that booming sound system. And just to see uh, what Bradley Cooper does with it. You know, he spent six years on uh, learning how to conduct this uh, six-minute sequence in the movie that's really astounding to watch. And it's, it's, you know, if you're going to go, if you're wanting to see like a, a biography of the making of West Side Story, that's not what this is going to be about. It's really about the private life of Leonard Bernstein and his wife, Felicia. And um, it's, it's, it's very moving. It's very well done. And it's, uh, I, I think it's definitely uh, should be high on anyone's list, who, especially if you're interested in the awards season that's coming up, too. Well, you know, and I know that I'm older than you without a doubt, but I do remember growing up to the uh, to the uh, Leonard Bernstein children's concerts that were yep. televised. And, and um, we were this is the introduction that we had to classical music. So many of us so many years ago. Yep. And they definitely hit on that in, in the movie as well and talk about how, how important that was to him as well. Well, that's cool. Hey, I, I have to ask you about this one uh, because it's 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 based in in, uh, in nonfiction, and that's the boys in the boat. Are you familiar with that film? I am. You know, I haven't had the chance to watch it yet. It's sitting on my shelf here to get to this weekend, probably. But you know, it's definitely something that I'm interested in because you know, George Clooney is directing it. That adaptation of a novel that I think it seems like everyone I know has read. It's a very uh, dad film. I know my dad um, isn't here anymore, but he I know it would have been a movie that he would have been asking me to to go see this this Christmas. And you know, it's about the University of Washington crew that represented the U.S. at the 1936 Summer Olympic Games. And it, it looks really um, uh, it looks really like a, one that's going to be a very moving experience as well. So I'm looking forward to it. I'll probably get to that this weekend, I think, too. You, you know, you just hit on something, and it, it, it has resonated with me over the years when you referred to it as a dad film, a, a film that your dad would want you to see. Um, I remember growing up uh, and already going to bed, but on a couple of occasions, films that my father uh, woke me up to come and watch with him. He wanted me to watch with him. And one of those was the original Magnificent Seven uh, with uh, Ewell Brenner. And uh, I remember that vividly. Every time I think about that, it reminds me of my father. And the same thing, believe it or not, are you familiar with the film The Day the Earth Stood Still? 
Oh, yes, definitely. Absolutely. With um, uh, Michael Rennie and Sam Jaffe. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and that was the other film, you know, and, which is mm-hmm. why I have never forgotten Klaatu Barata Niktu in case I'm ever <laughs> set upon by a, a disintegrating robot. So what else exactly. can you recommend for us, Joe? Joe Botton joining me on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline here from MinnesotaMovieMan.com, MNMovieMan.com. What, what, what else can, can you tell us about that, not necessarily on my radar, but something that you think we got to get out and see this? Sure. You know, there's something that really wasn't on my radar until I saw it this last week. It's, it's coming out December 22nd, and it's called The Iron Claw. It's the true story of the Von Erich brothers in the per, you know, they, how they rose to fame in the world of professional wrestling in the 80s, um, which was then sadly followed by a number of tragedies. And, you know, I don't know a, a lot about professional wrestling, even though my cousins were obsessed with it when I was young. But um, uh, even if you don't know anything about it, uh, you're bound to come away with something from this. And this is the movie that Zac Efron transformed his body into this walking, talking, he-Man doll and um, you know he's so good in the movie and it's really surprisingly um, emotional um, but it's it's a fantastic film and it's going to fly under the radar but that's one I think that uh, people should really look out for to be maybe a, um, a dark horse movie that they're going to hear a lot about so get in on that one early and you'll be able to tell your friends about it is this also based in in reality then right yeah, the, the Von Erich brothers, I, you know, I read about them afterwards. They're, they're, they were very famous in, in wrestling. Their whole family um, had a history in, in professional wrestling down in uh, Texas. Do you have a, a favorite? I've been asking about this uh, throughout the afternoon, and people have been texting Joe at 651-461-9226. Do you have a favorite Christmas movie? Something that, uh, that comes down and just goes, oh, that's, I've got to watch that. You know, I, I'm actually staring at it right now. <laughs> it's out on the shelf to watch this weekend, too. It's a Scrooged with Bill Murray. Um, I, I, I've, that's one that I remember actually seeing again with my dad. That's one that I can remember him sort of howling, laughing at several sequences in that movie. So watching that makes me feel close to him during the holidays. And uh, it's just one I have to watch every year. There's other ones that obviously are classics, but this one really um, just hits me in, in the right spot. And I saw the list not too long ago of the top 10 uh, best Christmas movies. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the show this afternoon, that Die Hard was on that list, thereby (laughs) cementing the fact that that is indeed a Christmas movie. Do you put it in that category? Absolutely, it's a Christmas movie. Yes, absolutely, because it it takes place at Christmas. It takes place, you know, there's not Christmas is not something that's just a... Um, it, not something happening around it. It's actually about um, something to do with Christmas as well. So, well, and that's coming straight from the mnmovieman.com <laughs> guy himself, Joe Botton, joining us this afternoon here at News Talk eight three zero WCCO. Hey, thank you for your time. I appreciate it very yeah. much, Joe. I've enjoyed the conversation. I hope that we have a chance to chat again in the very yeah. fear, uh, near future and get to see the. Uh, uh, the, the, the upcoming ones that you haven't gotten to yet, the ones that are on your shelf, and I'll ask you about those the next time we chat. Sounds good. We'll talk, talk uh, to you soon. All right, take care. Again, Joe Botton from mnmovieman.com for uh, movie reviews and more here at News Talk 830 WCCO. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Well, that's not a Christmas song, is it? No. <laughs> you think exactly. it's a Christmas song if you believe in it. Yeah, well, okay. All right, we can go with that. Um, we'll, that'll work. And you know what? And a text friend of ours uh, said, I should have asked Joe about next goal wins, and I missed that opportunity. I didn't see that text come in in time. I apologize. We didn't get to it. But uh, hey, some other talk here about best movies for me. Uh, this is from a text that says at 651-461-9226, for the message, it's a wonderful life. Okay. For the entertainment, home alone. And for just fluff, a Christmas story. All three of those are, are, are you know, good winners for me. I like all three of them. If I'm dialing through the TV, playing Davy Dial Doodler, switching channels one after the next, I will always pause for it's a wonderful life. Yeah, they're all certified classics. I mean, no doubt about it. Those three uh, have got to come up on every uh, every Christmas movie list, top 10, top 15 at least. And when you read about It's a Wonderful Life, uh, the thing was a flop when it first came out. It just fell very, very far short. And Home Alone was was just great. I enjoyed it very much. Somebody also suggests Christmas Vacation with Chevy Chase. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and these were all movies that were on that top 10 list, including A Christmas Story and Home Alone. As I recall, Elf was on that list. I mentioned Die Hard was on that list. Coming up in the next half hour, we'll talk about some films that are uh, the worst Christmas movies of all time. Another text on that topic says, pretty pathetic when you always go back to an old movie to make a new one. Yeah, some, you get the impression like, what, did they run out of all the good ideas? I get it. I mean, the issue is a lot of them are done badly, right? When they're done well, they can still be fun. But so many of those are just, ah, we're just going to throw a little bit of money at it because we already know that this was popular, people will go to it, whatever, and we don't really care about it. But it can be done. We've talked about movies in the past where the sequel or the follow-up was better than the original. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, well, obviously, uh, Godfather is probably a case in point. Oh, yeah. It, it wasn't really a sequel. It was a continuation of the story. Uh, this one says, um, Christmas with the Kringles was very boring. You forgot Miracle on 34th Street. For sure, that's one of the all-time classics. Yes, it is. Yes, it is, especially uh, in the original form. I didn't like the uh, the, the remake. Yeah, so I, I personally it, am uh, partial to a Muppet Christmas Carol. I don't know if you're uh, oh. familiar with the Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah. It's this, uh, here's one interesting. It says, uh, voice texting, that should have been Christmas with the Cranks. And actually, Christmas with the Cranks is on that list from Rotten Tomatoes that we'll talk about in the next half hour of the worst 
Christmas movies of all time. And some surprises that come to play in all of that. So we'll share with uh, with you some of those and some of the bad ones. But And if you happen to think of a, a follow-up, a sequel, a second movie that was uh, perhaps better than the first, send that text along too at 651-461-9226. So yeah, just, just keep them coming here on the WCCO. Here's one too that says that they're with you, Charlie. They love the Muppets. Who doesn't love the Muppets? I mean, if you don't like the Muppets, there's there's something going on there. They're fun. They're great. Nothing wrong with the Muppet, and it's a great story. You all know the story, and it's just the Muppets doing it. What could be better? What's I don't know if I know the story. It's it's Scrooge. It's uh, oh, it's, okay. uh, it's a Christmas Carol. It's oh, just I the Muppets it. doing a Christmas Carol, which is great. Well, how could you go wrong, possibly? Exactly. So, yes. Yeah. Do you have a version of A Christmas Carol that is a favorite to you? You know, the story of Scrooge? Uh, you know, as a kid, we used to, as a, as a young kid, we would go to the Guthrie with my grandparents every year and, and see. Oh, that. they, so they those, did a production every year, yeah. We would do the yeah, Christmas Carol production. As far as films go, I don't necessarily have a, I mean, I guess Muppet, right? The, the Muppet Christmas Carol version is probably my favorite. But uh, as far as any version, I, I have fond memories of, of going to the Guthrie and seeing that uh, many years ago. I've got, for some reason, stuck in my head, and this is probably just the era, um, the version of uh, Scrooge with Mr. Magoo. Oh, Did geez. you ever see that one? I have not, but I can I can see it in my head. I, I have not seen it personally, though. Yeah. Um, here's one that says, A Very Brady Christmas, that that stinks. Uh, I got to go back and double check my list of the worst and see if a very Brady Christmas was on that list. I'd be shocked if it wasn't. Yeah. Well, they they had actually, I think, had 20 or 22, but we'll share a couple of those in one or two that hit kind of close to home. So we'll do all of that coming up here after the break for traffic and weather at the bottom of the hour. We'll get you all of that and more in the updates coming up at News Talk 830 WCCO. Coming up on 29 minutes after 4 o'clock in your afternoon here. Hope you're having a good one. Thanks for being along with me. (laughs) Yes. Everybody has their Christmas favorites. So, um, hey, and you've got some. You've got some of your favorites that you've been sharing via text, the WCCO uh, talk and text line. You can also call in 651-461-9226. We'll take your calls. Somebody wanted to mention the George C. Scott version of A Christmas Carol. And I do recall that. I don't remember, you know, how many years ago, but it, it was it, it was a big deal. Um, a Christmas movie that's always forgotten, but great Christmas movie called Christmas Comes to Willow Creek with John Snyder and Pat Wolpat. I wonder if they mean Tom Wolpat, the Duke boys, but his brothers again in the movie. Look it up. That's from Steve in Newport. Uh, how about Ernest Saves Christmas? So we did some checking, and there is a, a pretty comprehensive list of movies that are the... Uh, the, the the bummer movies, the uh, 22, they listed them, the 22 worst Christmas movies of all time. And Charlie's got some clips. We can kind of share these as we go through them, Charlie, uh, at, the, at number 22. So it's not, you know, like high on the list, 
But if you're only if you extend the list to 22 films just to include this, you know you're trying to make an impact. And that's Home Alone 3. Here's a clip from it. Well, it's Alex, isn't it? Today you learned something. There is a price to be paid for being a good citizen. In your zeal to aid your neighbor, you finally step into one of my traps. Mrs. Susco inside. She's very old and very cold. Please. Give me the chick. It doesn't belong to you. It's not yours. The chip, son. And that doesn't belong to you either. What? Well, uh, you'll pay for the entire seat, but you'll only need the edge. Um, That's 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 quite a movie. Uh, Number twenty-two and Home Alone three. The only thing Home Alone related to that movie is the fact that they stole the title Home Alone, thinking, well, you'll you'll come back to see that if you don't know anything about it. Not when when you make a movie, and it's the same thing that the the texter said at four six one. Six five one four six one nine two two six is that when when you have to go back to the well that many times, and not one person from the original two was in this third one, yeah. So uh, you know you've pretty much run out the string, right? I mean, yeah, the Home Alone franchise—it's just a kid foiling burglars, right? That's what they all are. Doesn't matter the kid, doesn't matter who it is. It's a kid setting up booby traps. For burglars, and that does happen in this, but yeah, it's not, it's it's not great. It's not yes. a very good movie. And this is a stolen top secret computer chip in this case. Oh yeah, that they're trying to get through airport security, and hijinks ensue. Just to give you that idea, hijinks. another one that's on the list, and um, and this was one of the ones that you texted for worst Christmas movies. This was at number two. We don't have the clip for this one, but it's Christmas with the Cranks. Oh, somebody uh, said they liked it. No, I think they said that was on their, their worth, worst list. Tim Allen, Jamie Lee Curtis, Dan Aykroyd, uh, and the like. So, you know, some star power, but it just it, it didn't go. The Nutcracker, a version from 2010, was the number one. But also on this list, and we have to share this, Santa... Santa conquers. Santa conquers the Martians. Have you got that clip ready to go? Oh, I sure do. The battle of the toys. When Martian kids and Earth kids join Santa to battle the bad guys of Mars. For real space age fun, you'll be out of this world when Santa Claus conquers the Martians. That sounds fun to me. (laughs) It sounds pretty fun. It almost sounds like a, a version of Plan 9 from Outer Space or something like that, uh, where they just uh, were working on less than a shoestring of a budget in this particular case. Uh, having watched the actual clips from this as well, I can, I can confirm it was a less than shoestring budget. I believe it was a big beach ball that Santa has under his coat to make him look fat. You think so? Uh, if you if you look at this picture, yes, that is that is exactly what it looks like. Let me give you some more of like the the, the top five worst movies uh, from 1994: Mixed Nuts, starring Steve Martin, 
That's one I never saw. And, and I hate to criticize these having never seen them. And I love Steve Martin. Steve Martin's a treasure. Yeah. Um, Surviving Christmas was at number four. That's with Ben Affleck and the late James Gandolfini. Uh, and Christina Applegate, Catherine O'Hara was in that as well. And then Deck the Halls with Danny DeVito, Matthew Broderick, Kristen Chenoweth, who's an American treasure, uh, and Kristen Davis at number three. We already did the spoiler that Christmas with the Cranks, uh, one texter says they couldn't stay awake through it. So four of us were watching. We all fell asleep while they were watching Christmas with the Cranks. That's pretty bad when you all doze off. Uh, and then at number one, I mentioned The Nutcracker, a version from 2010. But one that was on the list, and I, I, I said this, that there's sort of a homespun connection to it, and that's the great Arnold Schwarzenegger, the, the master thespian, and Jingle All the Way. Here's a clip. Oh, excuse me. Yes? I'm trying to find a German doll. Me too, me too. Do you have any more in the back? <laughs> What? These guys are looking for a uh, turbo man? A gentleman dog, <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're looking for turbo man. <laughs> You get the sense in this particular case um, when I think, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger listed as the star and the one right behind him was Sinbad. So you the, just real star power in that movie. I there love all, this movie. You I, did? I loved it. Absolutely were, loved this movie. Why? Because it had maybe a Minnesota connection or? Maybe that's a bit of it. I loved Arnold Schwarzenegger. I thought Sinbad, Sinbad scared the crap out of me as a kid. I watched it, you know, many times as a kid. Uh, and uh, Arnold dressing up as the superhero, the the action man, uh, something about it just hit with me. Uh, that was great. I did. They they jump around Minneapolis, and it is kind of fun. You know that was, scene was in the Mall of America, and you go and you see the skyways, and you see downtown. So that is a, a, a fun part of it. But I loved this movie growing up. And of course, Turbo Man was it was about that hard to get toy, and the. Um, uh, seemingly absent father was trying to get that to bring home to his kid. It was the only thing that his his kid wanted, right? And it was that that special toy, that special gift. So he was going to. And, and, and I mentioned this to Charlie when we were, uh, you know, off the air that there's a, a, a television commercial now. I don't know if it's for Nissan or whatever. That's kind of on the same theme, where two people are looking for the same sold out toy. And they end up racing through the streets in their dueling Nissans trying to get to wherever the next store is that has those. So, uh, And we see that with, with toys that get hot, toys that are just you know tough to come by. I mentioned this on the air before, and I'm not, not proud of it, but I did this. Uh, and I, I, the only time that I recall doing this, but there was a toy. Well, it, I'll tell you what it was. It was... Um, uh, um, um, Optimus Prime. Oh, sure. You know who Optimus? Yeah. You, you're the Transformer, the Transformer, the head of the Transformers. And it was an Optimus Prime. And when that was the hot toy, couldn't find it anywhere. 
And I took the liberty of throwing that out on the radio one morning. And I got a call from somebody who worked at a department store and said, hey, I know we've got some coming in. I'll set one aside for you. Ooh. And I just thought, really? Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. And I'm not, I'm not proud of that, you know, using that rather than getting in line like everybody else. But I did it. So I, I, I feel bad now. I've, I've come clean about it. So all the movies that were on that list... Uh, four Christmases, um, unaccompanied minors. Don't remember that one. I do not either. A Christmas Eve blizzard shuts down the airport. Stra- five stranded youths take the opportunity to run wild. Well, who wouldn't want to run wild through the airport? Uh, the Santa Claus. The ones with there was there was one with Dudley Moore. But Tim Allen, didn't he have a series of Santa Claus movies? Yeah, I, I thought there might be another one even coming out. I think they're still making those movies, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think you're right. And it's called The Santa Claus. And it was about yeah. some special... Uh, then there was also Fred Claus. Fred Claus could have been a good movie. It had the likes of Vince Vaughn, uh, Paul Giamatti. You know, big stars in it, but they missed it. Uh, somebody else mentioned this one um, for movies, I'll Be Home for Christmas with Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I guess if Tim Allen can get a movie, Jonathan Taylor Thomas can get one too, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. He was a big deal. He was. So just a, a lot going on there. Um, I, you know, I, I enjoyed it immensely. Where would you put Planes, Trains, Automobiles? Is that a Christmas? It's a holiday movie. But I don't know if it's a Christmas movie. I think right? if, if we're calling Die Hard a Christmas movie, I think you got to call Planes, Trains, and Automobiles a Christmas movie. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I so, think I think we can give a wide berth to what a Christmas movie is. I don't think we have to go. You know, it has to be Santa Claus and the reindeer. I think you can give a little wide berth to to what is and is not a Christmas movie. Oh, someone suggested this: the movie Four Christmases is not a kids' movie, but it's pretty funny. Um. Another one that's mentioned is Black Christmas, which is a slasher movie. So you might want to steer away from that one. I own a copy of Santa... These are texts that are coming in. I own a copy of Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. I think it came out in 1964. I love it. It's wonderfully cheesy. I do love those movies. You know, if you go into it knowing it's going to be, you know, really hokey and, you know, kind of low budget, whatever, those can be just as fun as, you know, a really high quality movie. You just have to go into it knowing what you're getting. Yeah. Uh, This suggestion, too, that uh, Planes, Trains and Automobiles is a Thanksgiving movie. Because that seems to be that that, that where they were trying to get to. So we'll just put it in the holiday movie category. Okay. All right, we'll go with that. It is 448 News Talk 830 WCCO. This time out for traffic and weather. We'll be right back. We're back. News Talk 830 WCCO. John Hines with you here. Um, One of my favorite movies from the 70s, The House Without a Christmas Tree with Jason Robards. And I was reminded of this because I thought she was smoking good in planes, trains, and automobiles, Layla Robbins, who uh, a friend of ours pointed out via text that she is had often been seen at the Guthrie Theater in Minneapolis. So uh, a lot of connections, 
a lot going on uh, with with movies, good and bad. You know, it's all just a chance to fill in. I, I was glad to have the conversation with Joe Botton. I'm anxious to find out what he thinks about the uh, the boys in the boat after he's had a chance to see it. I'm glad to hear that he liked Bernstein, uh, or the maestro, I mean, the Leonard Bernstein story. So looking forward to all of that. In the next hour, we're going to have a conversation with uh, Laura Oakes. I want to get her take because she's very, you know, active at times on Facebook. as She's out and about taking pictures, posting uh, pictures from nature, and see if this dampening weather situation is actually dampening her, her, her spirits. But Laura Oaks is always in a, in a pretty good mood. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, we'll talk about Vikings football with the uh, writer, Vikings writer, sport, sports writer from the St. Paul Pioneer Press. We'll do that after 5.30 as they get ready for that game this weekend, one of the Saturday games. I remember this has been going on for a number of years that there was a time for it, it originally it was like two Saturday games on television over the weekend, just as they try to jam more in and control more TV because college football was pretty much done. Yep. It was no longer happening. So let's run a couple of pro games in there to take up some of the action. Uh, but now they've taken that out to three, and I believe all three are on NFL Network. Uh, there are oftentimes alternative ways to be able to to get those games if that's what you would like to see, if that's what you would like to watch. So we'll get to all of that, football and the weather and so much more. The latest news, including Rudy Giuliani and the $148 million judgment against him when we continue at News Talk 830. Uh, I forgot now, Dave, uh, Charlie, did you say 456 or 457? Uh, 5640. Oh, 40. Well, then I'll just tap dance here for a little bit longer. Oh, we can listen Hopefully to you're Elvis. driving. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, then why not? Let's do that. Crank it up. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.